Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez, in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time to be present with us today. I have a beautiful, amazing guest that I am so excited about having her here, Sabrina Urania, Mm -hmm. I hope I said that right, she'll (laughs) say it for me later, is a local astrologer, menstrual and reproductive health practitioner, a yoni enthusiast, which I think that we all are, and transformational retreat leader. Hello, welcome. You look gorgeous. (laughs) Thanks. I'm happy (laughs) to be here right now. This coat is like phenomenal. I literally just got it two weeks ago in a clothing swap exchange where <gasps> my girlfriend was like, I've been saving this because it's meant for you. So oh my God. I feel super, super grateful. It's, yeah. It's incredible. It's like a faux, faux fur, right? Mm-hmm. But the yeah, inside, let me see fur. the lining. Uh, oh my gosh, it's like a peach lining or something. It's incredible. I'm, I'm all about being cozy and comfortable. So, yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it so much. I, I gave you a hug and it was just a little bit of a long hug yeah. because you just feel you so You can give me another wonderful. one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so how is everything? How are you doing? I am having a rebirth right now, which I guess is always an amazing thing, but you know, the birth canal, the birth process is not always the easiest to get through. So it has been a real time for me as I think it's been for a lot of people right now in this time. I don't know when this is going on air, but I know like in this moment, in this past week, so much has been coming up for people and specifically women and and being re-triggered by a lot of sexual trauma in the world. And so I think we're all really feeling that. And so um, I'm here saying me too, also very strongly feeling it and then being support and advocate for other women that are going through that right now, women and men. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What an amazing space that you hold. Tell us, one, how you say your name. Oh, yeah, that's Because I, I wanted to say it properly. Sure. I did some research before you got yeah. here. But tell me how you say it. So my name is Sabrina Urania. Oh, my God. That's so much better than I said it. And actually, Urania is not my last name. It was my middle name. Oh, um, okay. But I've felt very connected to this name and you know middle names don't really get used and I was like this is actually a name of power for me so I want people to speak it and I want it to be used um so my uh ancestry is mostly Greek and um my grandmother's name is Urania so traditionally in Greek culture your children are named after your parents so my middle name is Urania my sister has my the feminine version of my grandfather's name as her middle name Constantina and Urania comes from the Greek word uranos, which means uh, heaven, sky. Uranos was the like father sky, counterpart to Gaia, Mother Earth, right? So Urania uh, means heavenly one, but she was also the Greek muse of astrology, which uh, having that in my namesake has kind of always led me down this path to the work that I do. So Okay, that makes so much mm. sense in what you do, because before we began, we were talking about the two different avenues that you serve our community, which we'll get into in a moment. And then you were like, well, I don't know how they, they kind of come together sometimes. Now it makes perfect sense. So tell the listeners a little bit about what it is that you are doing in our community, and then we'll go, you know, some other places. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm a practicing astrologer. I have been practicing astrology uh, as a profession, originally kind of part-time, but now doing this, you know, more as my main source of income for about seven years now. Yeah. Congratulations. But, but I've been st- thanks. But I've been studying it for much, much longer. And, and people are always like, when did you first get into astrology? And I don't really remember you like, when that happened I think my whole life I was always really interested I'm like yeah I definitely know I'm an Aries you know (laughs) but then I started reading charts in my uh, late teens early 20s and you know ever since then I've been sort of understanding the world through the astrological lens Um, and it's the language of archetypes being the primary language that I think I 
perceive reality in maybe. So I see clients for astrology readings, um, both in person, um, locally here. I've also been doing it online, um, like because I travel a lot. And so I've been seeing many clients online. And then uh, we just started doing a monthly event called an Astro Salon at the Arcade <laughs> Healing Arts Center, which is a little bit about what's going on astrologically in the upcoming months. We talk about the lunations, the full and new moon, so people can kind of get that download for what that's all about. Um, but also I'm encouraging people to come with their own charts and be able to ask questions and for all levels of, uh, you know, people who are just enthusiasts or, you know, are total novices that don't really know anything about astrology, but would like to know how these transits apply to them. So we're this really excited amazing. about that. Thanks. It's happening tomorrow night, actually, at seven o'clock at the Arcade Healing Oh Center. my gosh. Yeah. So if people were to tune in with you and check it out, can they find that through the Arcade Healing Arts website or will you give us information later on your social media sites? So sure yeah it'll it. be on my okay. social media sites it's also through the Arcata Healing Arts Center okay. um, Facebook page as well. Thank you for doing that that sounds amazing. Do you want to go? Let's go. Okay yeah. cool. cool. Um, <laughs> so Kendall and I are going we're gonna go. Tell me a little bit more about uh, the other things that you're doing as well because you're doing quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gemini rising. I can't get away from it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jacqueline of all trades sort of thing. So I work as a menstrual fertility and reproductive health coach. Um, and that's really the work that's come out of my own personal healing journey. So whereas with astrology, it's like been a passion that's been ongoing my whole life. This really was born from my own kind of health and wellness struggles, which I think is true for a lot of people who come into the healing arts world is a lot of it is just from their own personal journey and then being able to share the healing that they've experienced and and so um I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome about eight years ago now maybe eight or nine years ago and I was get you know that that diagnosis can be really terrifying for women especially from them what coming from the western perspective where it's an uncurable making little 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 air quotes yeah um and that you know you may be infertile and so if you ever want to have kids you might need synthetic hormones or you know this means that you're a slope of fear yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. so uh that led me to I basically was just like no forget that I don't I don't don't really buy into this uh Mm -hmm. and I want to find another answer so um I went and got a master's in health and wellness coaching specifically focused on endocrine health and really wanting to understand my reproductive system and how I could heal myself and I had incredible results and I'm like wow this is not information that enough people have access to and I really want to share that so Uh, So I do coaching with women around that specifically if they've been diagnosed with PCOS or endometriosis. Those are big ones I get. I work a lot with women who have been on birth control for a very long time and have not really even had experience having a sort of regular normal cycle um, and who are trying to get off birth control and try to become fertile. And uh, so aside from doing that in coaching and talking about diet and herbs, I also offer Yoni Steam treatment therapies for women. Um, And I'm a big proponent of Yoni eggs, which I also sell here locally and teach women how to use and uh I did a a five week this summer um called yoni yoga where I was teaching women how to practice yoni yoga but I'm I'm hoping to teach more yoni yoga classes and workshops locally wonderful that was about 15 things that I want to dive deeper into (laughs) while we have a few moments so tell me a little bit more about yoni steams and yoni eggs and for the listeners who have no idea what those two things are. Can you explain them in a little bit more depth? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Depth. I should probably just define yoni. I mean, I feel like for our listeners, probably it's a more well-known term, but I think in general, you know, yoni is a a newer term to be introduced into the West. So yeah, yoni is the idea of the entire female reproductive system, but not just the feminine anatomy of it, but really everything that that represents and the sacredness of everything from the outer to the inner the womb space as well. With yoni steaming, that is a practice that I was introduced to that really made a difference for my healing journey with PCOS because the vaginal wall is so absorbent, the tissue there is so deeply absorbent that if you are steaming herbs, um, you get the volatile oils that come in through the steam and actually absorb immediately into the bloodstream and into the body, but directly to where they really need to be delivered if we're trying to like 
regulate hormones um, or, you know, support women with all types of different reproductive health issues. And then also just as a regular self-care treatment, you don't need to have some serious diagnosis um, to want to do a yoni steam. I remember my first yoni steam, I went to a, a Korean spa in, I was, this is back when I was living in the DC metropolitan area and there's a big Korean community and uh, yoni steams are known as chayuk in the Korean culture and they they utilize them very frequently. So I was really excited to go check this out. And I remember immediately feeling my vagina more relaxed than it had ever been. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't realize that I had such a like stressed out, tied up vagina. You know, I didn't know <laughs> and until it was like so fully relaxed. I was like, this is amazing. I didn't know I was holding so much stress and tension there. So yeah. Wow. That was pretty life-changing for me. Yeah, I would imagine. So what type of herbs do you suggest? I mean, I make the Periglow pouches and I have my specific herbs that I put in there for Mm -hmm. women and they can use that for steaming or they can use that Mm -hmm. for topical. But do you, in your classes and obviously in anything else that you do, do you suggest a particular type of herbs and will you give us that recipe now? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You don't have to, but I mean, if someone was starting and they wanted to do it. Sure, yeah. I when I make an appointment with you, they can come to you. Right. When I'm seeing clients, I am custom creating formulas for them based oh. on what they've got going on. Um, but I, I but you know, I have a selection of herbs that I'm traditionally using and working with. And so I'll, I'll create a custom formula for them based on that. Um, and what it is that they're looking to do, right? If they're trying to increase their fertility or, or in the case that a woman has just recently had a miscarriage or an abortion and is wanting to kind of cleanse the area, both physically, but also energetically. But I do actually, I, uh, at um, Moonrise Herbs here, they have a facial steam blend and it's made for facial steaming, but actually I often use it as my base that I'm then adding other herbs to because it's really gentle. So I think for any woman that wants to try Yoni steam herself who hasn't had one, that would be a really great blend. And that's, you know, chamomile, lavender, uh, calendula. It's like just super, super gentle. I think rose, rose petals are in there too. Yeah. Nice. So really gentle. What do you think about like, like comfrey, mm-hmm. witch hazel, those kind of things as yeah, well? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Good. Wonderful. We have a place for someone to start. Can you tell our listeners about what the yoni egg is? And to some people, that may be completely new information. How would you introduce it? Yeah, so this is a practice that comes from uh, ancient China, the empresses and the concubines of the royal palace were taught in practices of uh, Chinese Tantra. And so that was where the egg was introduced. And traditionally, it was made of jade. So we sell jade yoni eggs. There's also a variety of other stones that women can use. Um, But the idea is to really both cultivate and harness our jing or sexual energy and so it's an egg a crystal egg that is actually inserted into the vagina and worn for a variety of both physical as well as energetic healing purposes i love the yoni eggs i think i have probably i'm looking over at the There's ones the f- that i have in my office That's the first thing i saw when i walk in yeah i, I have them. them here locally because uh, i sell them to uh, clients or they adopt them anyways mm-hmm. but i have at home i think 18 to 20 different stones that have different metaphysical properties mm-hmm. so for example if i'm needing confidence or courage and i'm you know go- going to do a new project i'll have a tiger's eye in and if i'm going to a speaking event i'll have a lapis in exactly um, if i'm wanting to heal a space and i'm going a long period of time without any kind of int- you know mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. with a, a male or whichever um then i will do a rose quartz if i'm wanting to really like prep my body for something like there's just a reason for each one of them. Right. And then you, you know, develop like relationships with them, right? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, oh, my sweet little. I have this one. <laughs> well, we're on the topic. I have this one that's a smoky quartz, but it has a rainbow in it. Mm. I waited for her for four years. <laughs> I manifested. This is my baby. I manifested yeah. that one. And just, I waited and I waited and waited. And she came at the right time. I needed you know a if you if you know about the mm-hmm. smoky quartz mm-hmm. with a rainbow you know what that means and i needed it and it came at that moment and then it's like ah, you know Amazing. my vagina was like yeah yeah well and i feel like <laughs> singing dancing i mean we develop relationships with our our stones and our crystals sure. but definitely if we're wearing them internally yeah and we're birthing them yes. as a regular practice you know we really have this entirely different level of relationship with them which is one of the things that i love about the practice of yoni eggs because kind of going back to china 
the eggs were passed on generationally through the women. So you, really? you would, yeah, you would wear your jade egg and then you would give it to your daughter, <gasps> at which point she would wear that. And the reason you can do that with jade. Oh my gosh, that gives me shivers. That's so, that's cool. So beautiful. The reason you yeah. can do that with jade is because it's a non-porous stone. So it will continue to last, right? Not yeah. all stones you definitely would want to share with another person, right. you know? Um, but yeah, that would be kind of carried down through the lineage. And I, yeah. I mean, that's a practice that I would like to revive. I, I fully oh, intend to beautiful. give my first yoni egg to future daughter. So yeah. I, I love that. I mean, just the power and the energy that that holds and then you're cultivating. And as far as the yoni eggs that you, you mentioned that you sell them in your space, in your sacred space and, or that you adopt them out, right? That's kind of how I see them as they're being adopted out. What do you think of the stones that you would not suggest to people as well as, you know, there are a lot of yoni eggs out there right now and I just did a whole entire Q&A on it. Which stones would you or what would you suggest for people that are looking to adopt specifics as far as the covering and the coating yeah. of the egg because I don't think a lot of people know this depth yet right 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 and this is where I want to go I want to go deep into this so just can you answer those sure two questions? yeah well the all the eggs that I use and sell are GIA certified so I highly recommend getting eggs from a retailer that's going to have their eggs GIA certified so what that means is that they've tested these crystals to ensure that they are what they say they are because when we talk about crystals we're actually talking about a combination of different elements and these have the ability to leach their mineral content into our body if we're wearing them internally and not all stones are actually healthy for that purpose so there might be some awesome gemstones that are great to have on your jewelry but you wouldn't want to wear them internally um, and that they could actually give you toxic levels of particular minerals so on the one hand ensuring that the eggs are of the stones that they say they are and that they are on the list of stones that are safe to be using internally the other thing that it'd be testing for is whether or not they've been dyed or heat treated in any way mm -hmm. and that's another thing I mean oftentimes we're buying stones in stores that you know look really beautiful and their colors are really bright and brilliant but they may have been dyed in some way and that is definitely a no-no for crystals that we're going to wear internally yeah so you want to make sure you're getting them from a, a trustworthy reputable source great and then what about the coating what do you think about this like i haven't asked many people how they're packaged you mean no, or the coating around because some are crystal quartz coated some are lacquer coated some are just raw i mean what do you think about that. Yeah. All the stones that I use are going to be raw. They're not going to have any kind of any coating. Any kind of coating yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. Because I don't think people ask these questions. They're just like, oh, that's a pretty yoni egg and it's bright freaking purple. And you're like, wait, yeah. let's back up a little bit. Just because there's a crystal that is shaped like an egg doesn't mean it's meant to be used internally as a yoni egg. A lot of people are going to the internet to purchase their yoni eggs. Yeah. And this is a question or these are questions that we need to be asking. Yeah, right, I get as this a all consumer. the time. At the yoni egg course, that their yoni yoga course that I was teaching earlier this summer, some women had already had eggs. You know, I had eggs there available for sale, but some women were coming with their own eggs and I found several of them that were really not ideal to be using. One of the women in the class had an opalite egg. And opalite's not uh, a natural stone. It's synthetically made, but involves using some plastic, which I would highly, highly deter. You know, we're really trying to move away from plastic specifically for the negative benefits it can have on our endocrine health and so to then be taking potentially bpa ridden plastics that are used to make these synthetics crystals and then in inserting them internally it could be really harmful so yeah there needs to be more awareness around these i'm really glad that you're here for that mm. so tell me about yoni yoga <laughs> what is this this sure. is exciting sure. well so my my background says a yoga teacher i don't really teach regularly anymore um but when I got into the practice of using yoni eggs and the way that that really had life-changing shifts for me. But there was, you know, people were buying eggs, but there's not a lot of like training on what you do with an egg once right. you have it, you know. So you could just wear it all the time, which is one way to go about it. But if you want to consciously have a practice where you're cultivating, raising that energy, and this looks like bringing together, you know, yoga methodology as well as ideas about tantra and how we actually cultivate the energy of our sacral womb centers and also i just think having women spend time where they're really focused 
in their womb space and womb center and learning how to connect deeply with that area and like live from that area and listen deeply to what she needs that's kind of what the goal of I think of my yoni yoga classes you know on the one hand it's like it's exciting and teaching how to use yoni eggs and build sexual energy and have more incredible orgasms or balance your hormones but in a big way I think it's just helping women cultivated time to just listen to their own wombs because this she is our oracle and she is a wealth of so much ancestral wisdom and within us and this guidance that we can tap into at any time but we don't really have regular practices in which we do that I mean unless we've that's been our own journey and we've cultivated that and so I think for me yoni yoga is just offering a space for women to come and for an hour hour and a half that we really drop into our own wombs to listen to the wisdom that we have and that she has to share and that she's been trying to share and sometimes that trying to share shows up like symptoms because we're not listening absolutely absolutely thank you for holding space and doing something like that for the community to really come to because that sounds amazing and have you thought about doing videos and things like that to share with the yeah that's my learning curve okay okay i'm working on it maybe maybe by the time people are listening they can find you on uh somewhere because that needs to be told i mean there are people out there doing videos but it would be nice to get your approach on it you have a lot of interesting history and background and a lot of education and a lot behind you and that sounds like something that you might think about doing i know i would see yeah i would want to see it i would want to watch support yeah of course, of course. So speaking on all these things, I'm wondering what the most common issues that people are coming to you for and and what in what fashion are they coming? I know they're coming as astrology clients mm-hmm. and then people who are coming, you know, for sacral womb health. But is, are there others? I mean, of course there are others. That ties into everything, right? It's so interesting because what's coming up when you say that is, you know, as a healer, you know that when people are coming to you with certain concerns, it's so much a reflection of what you know, you're also working through oh in your own God, way. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's it says a lot when you're looking at the demographic of people that are coming to you for healing about what you're really going through right now and how you can be a reflection for that. So it's changed over time, I mm-hmm. would say. You know, definitely when it comes to the astrology work, people don't come to astrologers when everything is just like PG Keen in their life. <laughs> so no. usually it's right on time because they're being triggered by something enough that they're willing to come and see somebody about it and we see it in their chart immediately it's just like right there you know and what oftentimes when people are being triggered by some kind of like astrological event that's happening some transit that's happening presently they are like a focal point in the universe for something that's happening to everyone in a large scale so this is part of the ways in which like the inner work and healing that we're doing is healing for the collective in a really big way but that's changing all the time because the astrology changing all the time so on the one hand like there's that when it comes to the women's health and wellness work I would say a lot of the things that people come to me for are the big one I think most recent is women who are fed up with birth control and ready to get off of it I think that there's a big movement of women who want to go back to learning how to actually monitor their cycles and their fertility naturally how to know when they're ovulating and you know this has been a lost art it's been really stolen I think from us Um, and not that I'm like against the idea of birth control but I was on uh, birth control myself from 13 to 22 I want to say and I think that's very true of a lot of my generation I mean I wasn't even sexually active when I started taking birth control I had my first gynecological exam because I just started menstruating and I was really concerned about my acne and my doctor was like oh well this helps with that you know and as a young woman I remember feeling like excited oh this says something about me I have birth control now you know (laughs) but I didn't realize the havoc that it was wrecking on my body and and how out of alignment I was with my natural rhythm and my natural flow for so long and so I'm finding that there's so many women of my generation who the same thing has happened for them and they are wanting to get off of it but then when they stop having unmanageable symptoms everything from you know mood swings acne you know actually having other kinds of stuff coming up like PCO being diagnosed with PCOS having incredible cramping pain having really irregular cycles I mean it's a whole widespread variety of things but how do we transition out of using this sort of band-aid thing that is birth control to then having a healthy relationship with our cycle and then being able to understand our fertility so that we can utilize those principles to get pregnant or not get pregnant as we actually want instead of doing it in this trickery way that that birth control does where it kind of cheats our body out of its ability to do what it already knows how to do I think that women are waking up to the wisdom that we carry in our bodies and Mm -hmm. the ways in which we've sort of impeded that 
and how we can maybe get some of those things out of the way and listen to what she really has to tell us. I absolutely fully agree with you. I think the closer we get to that, the more in line we are with our body, right? And it just, everything starts to make sense from there. I know I've been, oh my gosh, probably 10, 15 years, no birth control and just doing it in a natural way and natural method. And I mean, there's a lot of information that we'll talk about during the break in a second that I'll share with you, but I just want the listeners to know there are ways, Mm -hmm. you know, to be extremely sexually active if you choose as well as being natural. I mean, because most people think, oh, well, then you can't have, you know, any intimate relations, but that's not the case. There, There are ways to really track your body and there's so much empowerment in that and being able to know when you're going to, you know, release blood, know whenever you're ovulating, know when it, there's so much power in Yeah, that. and when you're and saying yes to intimate relations and no to intimate relations, that's powerful. When you're feeding your body the right things, when yes. you are supplementing with the right herbs, whatever, your body starts to align with the natural rhythms. Yes. And that may be the lunar rhythms too, yes. you know, and we all start it to is, sync sure. up with our sisters, you know, yeah. and then we're a cohesive unity of that also. Yeah. I love to think back to tribal societies when the women would all be bleeding together because mm-hmm. it becomes a force of nature, you know, and that mm-hmm. was why it was so important for women to have the red tent or to have ceremonial space that they can go into together to heal and do that work. And I've been a big proponent of that. And that's been a big part of my own personal journey too. I was invited to join a women's new moon hoop ceremony when I was 13 with my best friend. It was a group that her mother had been a part of and they'd been maybe meeting for about 10 years at that point every month. And we were the youngest new uh, members to join the group, but it was for all women once they started bleeding um, Mm -hmm. and at any point after. And it was really amazing for me to be, you know, 13 in middle school, you know, (laughs) that's a crazy period of time. Relationships with other women tend to, you know, or other girls in school are not always healthy. So for me to have this space to come into of mothers and elder women that was just so fully embracing and loving and honoring of our bodies and our wisdom actually really just changed my life. I think that was a big part of like leading me down this path to where I am now. No Um, wonder you are such a confident, strong woman. It started a long time ago. Well, it happens to be that time where we need to take a short little break to give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I believe that you will too. Let's keep talking. The original Paraglow and Paraglow Green are medicinal herbal compresses based on a traditional Swiss formula to promote healing in the first weeks after giving birth. During the amazing miracle of birth, the mother and child perform many physical marvels. The muscles that form the perineum in the pelvic floor are both strong and extremely elastic and must be so in order to allow the women to give birth. When the perineum is strong, the organs remain firm and healthy. When the perineum is weak, the organs lose cohesiveness. The herbal compresses help relieve any soreness or swelling. They promote the healing of the perineum, including any small tears or incisions closed with stitches postpartum inside or out. The compresses can be applied hot or cold to the perineum and surrounding tissues. For more information, check out paraglow.info. They can be found at Moonrise Herbs, Wild Berries, or Chautauqua. For a full list of other locations, visit our website. Paraglow makes your perineum glow. Hello and welcome back. I am so excited. We kind of spoke about birthstone malas while we took a break. Can you share something with the listeners? Because I don't want them to miss out on what we spoke about because these are gorgeous. Thanks. Yeah, this is something I'm really excited about. So um, going back a minute, when I first started getting into reading birth charts, yeah, um, I wasn't quite ready to start, as I'd been studying, I wasn't quite ready to do paid for readings. This was like kind of part of my education, but I was trying to teach all my girlfriends about their natal charts because, right, those are my first charts I'm looking at, right? It was like my boyfriend and my closest girlfriends and like those are the charts I'm studying. 
And I didn't really have all the language tools yet to really like describe what I was seeing, but I was so excited about what I was finding and I wanted to share it. So years ago for Christmas, this was like maybe 12 years ago now, for Christmas, I decided to make birth chart necklaces for my closest girlfriend. So I made like maybe five of them that year and I gifted them to everybody. And I spent time figuring out which gemstones I thought really coordinated with the different planets and the different signs. And I used some traditional rulerships that you could find in other books, but a lot of it was just my personal experience, like what really resonated with this archetype. And anyway, everyone was like, you have to sell these. So for the last like 12 years on and off, you know, through Etsy or word of mouth, I've been selling these necklaces but now they're kind of this is like the new version of them where um I'm making them as a mala form so as before it was like a string beaded necklace these are actually traditionally 108 bead mala and it actually works out really well because there's 360 degrees in the zodiac and if you want to have 108 beads you can just divide that and so you'll have nine beads that represent each of the different signs so mathematically it's appropriate to be a perfect reflection of your birth chart while also being 108 I feel like it's just perfect yeah and they're absolutely gorgeous thanks yeah so it's a gemstone necklace that represents your birth chart so the guru beads the sun which is where we start it from and then all of the different beads will represent the different signs of the zodiac and then we have other beads and that look like the planets actually uh where they would fall into your chart so each one has the same stones but the way that it's made is specific to each person i see it's very personalized yeah Well, we definitely will have pictures of those on Mm. our social media sites for those of you who are interested, and then we can funnel them your direction if they want you to make. Do you make specific ones for people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all custom ordered, and I really feel like it's a great teaching tool for people who are interested in astrology who maybe don't know their birth chart so well as a way to learn it, or if you just do and you love astrology, you know. I mean, I have my birth chart tattooed on my back, so I'm wearing it in a (laughs) necklace, and it's tattooed on me. I'm kind of like representing it all the time. So, yeah. Well, I'm putting an order in now. I would like to have one please I'll get it for myself for Christmas Uh, it's kind of early for Christmas but I'm gonna get it for myself so I don't know how long it takes to make so it looks like it takes a long time but thank you so much for sharing that let's move on to what you feel like your life purpose is I can only imagine we've kind of been talking about so many things in a few sentences what do you think that your life purpose is I think particularly for my soul's journey, a lot of it is about reconnecting people to how enchanted life and the world is, like the re-enchantment of the cosmos. Um, And I think that's what the language of astrology can teach us. Um, And so being sort of a translator for the planets in the world is kind of how I I view myself. Um, But ultimately what it's teaching is that we live in a world full of magic where there's omens and and signs and synchronicities all the time. And, you know, astrology really works on the principle of synchronicity. And so that's one way that we can bring that into our lives. So I think I'm here to re-enchant and be a proponent for the re-enchantment of nature in the world. I also feel like, you know, being a woman in this culture, in this day and age, we're liberators. You know, we're really here to support freedom and and freeing ourselves. And a lot of that is like self-imposed limitations. A lot of that is oppression that's been here for a very long time. And so I think that as I and as each of us liberate ourselves, we're supporting all the women in doing that. Um, So I do, I feel sort of like this revolutionary cry in my being. And I, uh, as I continue to find ways to be more fully self-expressed, to break through the illusions of um, power dynamics, that I'm actually supporting that for the collective. I love that. Thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. that piece. I think that's huge. And you're more than welcome to expand on any of those pieces that you want to. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about the personal habits or daily rituals that you have for yourself. I know every person as you become you know, more potent and more structured and more dedicated, we all start to gravitate towards a particular type of ritual that mm-hmm. really helps us. And you must have a long list of ritual that you do for yourself. Could, do you mind sharing? Sure, yeah. In a way, it's too long to do every day, right? Sure, so yeah. I think that that's part of my, my Gemini rising nature too is that I like to change it up a lot. I think variety is one big thing, but a consistency of practice, even though I might be employing a variety of different techniques for it. But I would say the big ones in my life – when I was first introduced to yoga, it was breath work above everything else that was making a huge difference in my life. And so I, I make time every day to do pranayama practice, whatever that may look like in that given day, whatever type of breath work or how long or whatever might vary. But coming back to the breath, 
as a daily practice is really important to me. For me, also dropping into the womb space. Obviously, this is going to be specific for the women in the world that are listening to this. I realize that when I'm living my truth, I'm living from my womb. And all of the confused or fear-based decisions are all coming from up here in my mind. And I think I spent a lot of time working and dropping into my heart, but there's something about the relationship between the truth of the womb and the ability to then feel safe enough to open our heart because we're really grounded and centered in our womb space. So um, that's a practice that I do every day, which is coming into my womb and just listening to her. So often it's a visualization where I actually see myself entering into my own womb and just experiencing what I'm seeing there at any given day. Chris. You know, obviously throughout this course of the month, that is changing all the time. So what does she look like today? And then I implore her as the oracle that she is, like what questions I may have that I'm seeking some truth about. And then I listen. And she's so clear. She's really, really clear. And that's really where I think I make my best decisions from. I love that. And I really love that you explained it in that way because now it gives our listeners an opportunity to try that on their own if they're female. If they're male, we could suggest that they go into their heart space Mm -hmm. to do that as well, right? Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. That's beautiful. Any other personal habits? Writing. Yeah. (laughs) You're like shaking your head, writing. Yeah, yeah. I need to write. That's that's really important to me. Whether or not it's something that I'm going to share or turns into something that anyone else ever sees, like that's where a lot of my processing and my, you know, happens is when I'm just allowing myself to just free write whatever wants to come out without judgment. So I do that pretty regularly. I wouldn't say every single day. I wish, but you know, most days I'm I'm writing something. Yeah. That's wonderful. And that's beautiful, too, to look back on. Like, I have collections of journals from all through my life. I think a lot of people do, but it's, I think that's really beautiful to sort of have this kind of the whole trajectory of my life all written out and to be able to go back and say, wow, and like have compassion for the Sabrina at 15 who had really angsty poetry she was writing or, you know, (laughs) so. I like that. I like that a lot. I have small amounts of writing that I've done as far as journaling and whatnot, and it really does capture your time frame and you can remember who you were, you know, it's It's medicine for your future self too. Yeah. That's what I found is like when I've been in places that have been really challenging, often it's my own words from the past that are the most healing and the most soothing for me. I'm like, Oh wow. I actually, I already knew this. I learned this or like, thanks past self Sabrina for hooking up future self. You really (laughs) needed to hear that in this moment. You know, I have, I have poems from the past that are still my daily medicine that I come back to certain lines where I'm like, God, there's so much wisdom in that. Like I didn't even understand it then. But that's why I think words are so powerful too because they are spells that we weave. So the more that they're said, the more that they're used as a mantra, you know, the more we're really bringing power to them, the more real that they become. So yeah, definitely powerful poetry pieces that I've written before that have come back to me and have become more and more true in more ways than I could have ever imagined and have brought me a lot of healing and hopefully to others too when they get shared. I'm going to take more time to write I really am. That's, I think it's amazing. And I love doing it. And I think what I do is I do a lot of affirmation writing, like, you know, making it my reality. I mm-hmm. do a lot of that or, or gratitude stuff, gratitude journaling. But I don't think that I really talk about what I'm processing. I'm really into mythology, which makes sense a lot for the astrology work I do. I always come back to the myths because we're living and reliving these stories all the time and we're activating different archetypal dynamics in our being. So oftentimes when I'm writing, they they sort of turn into stories that could sound like a retelling of a myth or it could sound like a fairy tale where I might be exploring the aspect of me that maybe is an evil stepmother, you know, and what that looks like and that journey or the, the little orphan girl in me or whatever that may be. But I often find that these... Just as I'm experiencing my process, they often reflect these sort of timeless stories that we find in myths and in uh, in fairy tales. It's easy when you have like a good wealth of knowledge around these myths. Like I'm pretty <laughs> familiar with a lot of, you know, ancient Greek myths and Nordic myths. And But even if you didn't, that's just the thing about these like, you know, timeless archetypes is that they're already in there anyway, you know. So With yeah. you saying that, it brings me back to a, po- a point that we had earlier in our conversation about archetypes. Mm-hmm. For those listeners who may not know what that is or what they are, could you explain that? Is sure, that okay? Yeah, do, you, yeah. do you feel I mean, comfortable yeah, doing it? Yeah, I mean, in your own words. And sure, you sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so I would say that they are characters or personality traits that are timeless, that kind of 
um, show up in all cultures and all places. So for instance, I we could say the archetype of the mother goddess. You're going to see mother goddess from any ancient culture and she might be named Demeter and she might be named whatever, you know, you're also going to see, you know, a powerful archetype of the king or the sky god or so the idea is that these are characters that we get in any stories or any myths and they are all components of us right so I see us as being polytheistic beings we actually are kind of made up of all of these archetypes they all exist within us to different varying degrees and uh, some are more developed than others um, and that's kind of why how I think we sort of liberate ourselves in our full expression is to actually begin to explore all of these different archetypes within us because I think the ones that aren't activated within us are often ones that we project onto other people and that's where some of that shadow play work comes up you know, so the more that we can fully embody and, and feel into the needs and wants of all the different beings within us. Um, and with astrology, like that's kind of the, the way that I go about doing it. You know, we each have a Pluto in our chart. We each have a Mars in our chart. We each have a Saturn in our chart. And they represent these different parts of us. And I see them as the different archetypes within our being. You know, there's a reason why the planets are all named after gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. So, um, how are we listening to and hearing the needs of our Saturn and honoring that in some way? And if we're not, that's when we are out of alignment in some way or another. And same is true for all the other planets. They all need to be respected in the way that we would respect a divine being because they sort of are coming, working through us, these powerful forces. So, This is fascinating. I think you would geek out on something like this for a very long time, right? So we have the mother, we have the father. What are some of the other archetypes? Oh my gosh, there's so many archetypes. I mean, there's the, some of the basics. Oh, there's like five basics, right? Yeah, but specifically with astrology, there's going to be different ones, oh, right? Okay. So I tend to use the Greco-Roman pantheon for most of the archetypal work that I do because that's the ones that the planets are named after. Oh, I but see. I there's something that I would love to share about that actually because this is pretty near and dear to my heart. I consider myself to be more of a feminist astrologer, and the reason why you can even be a feminist astrologer is if you look at one astrology was sort of developed in patriarchal societies but when you look at the planets they're almost exclusively named after male gods right so we have the moon which is feminine in most cultures and we have venus aphrodite you know goddess of love but if those are the, and those are the only two that are not named after male gods and so that kind of limits us to the expression of the it's this kind of the madonna horror complex idea right so she's either a, a mother figure or she's a sexual goddess being figure and it was actually during the time of the feminist rights movement that we began discovering all the asteroids and synchronistically they were named after goddesses and so i use the asteroids a lot in the chart readings that i do for people because they are other expressions of the divine feminine as we can embody them in our lives and in the world that there really hasn't been space made for in quite a long time in our society. So that's really, really important to me is that we're honoring all aspects of the divine, including, you know, some Pallas Athena, who is like the strategic wise goddess, including Cirrus, who's the divine mother figure who has abundance and including Vesta, who's the priestess devotional archetype, you know. So I think it's really important that we um, bring those in as well. All of those women are so strong and so powerful. If you were to give a list or a self-care recipe to nourish someone in that way, and we don't want to live it, we don't want to leave out the men right here. If you were going to create a superhuman, what would that list look like? Okay, so daily routine practices that would cultivate a superhuman being. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that's such a. <laughs> <laughs> what would you get? I know it's yeah. a hard, it's a hard question, and it's so expansive and it's so open. But the reason why I ask it on the podcast is because everyone has a little something different, that, that they bring and to then it. the listener can you know pick and choose what they want. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Um, I think you probably do this every day in your practice, really. Yeah, but yeah. it's interesting to kind of tease out in yeah. this way. I think the gift that I have to share around this is really about looking at life through the archetypal lens. So mm -hmm. what stories are you living in your life right now? And it's good to have something that you can relate that back to, but then how could you maybe reframe that story or retell it in a different way? So that's actually a practice that I've done with clients is seeing sort of which archetypal dynamics are already activated in you in your life at any given moment, right? So you might be having some sort of a life crisis or something coming up where you are already embodying a particular archetype 
but actually claiming it and knowing that. And this is who I'm speaking from right now, right? So if you're a woman who's stepping into motherhood, so you're stepping into a Demeter time of your life. And so you're having to sort of grieve the loss of the maiden Persephone that you were before um, and kind of entering into this new territory. So what are what would be the needs of a Demeter woman in that moment? Mm-hmm. And then how could you also kind of balance that? So ultimately, I think what, what a superhuman would really be mm-hmm. is someone that can access any of these archetypes at any time um, instead of being sort of like uh, possessed by one because I really find that that's sort of what happens a lot is we have an, a particular archetype within us that's activated and then we sort of become slaves to what their needs and desires are but the idea is that like us as the self can consciously choose at any moment where we want to be on the spectrum and who we want to activate and who really needs to come and show up in that situation for the best outcome that we're really looking for so rather than just like going with whatever archetype is kind of coming through us at any moment being able to have enough relationship with each of them within us that we could choose i don't know that i answered that in the way of like a daily practice exactly That's okay. a that's a moment to moment practice probably for some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's a question I'm asking myself all the time. Actually, I'm like, what goddess is wanting to come through me right now? Mm-hmm. And then like, what does she need? You know, because maybe she's trying to get it in a healthy or maybe an unhealthy way. So then, how could I support that in some way? I you love know? this because you're working. You're you're really working with yourself on a super deep level. It sounds to me like this idea would be really forgiving and catching mm-hmm. things before they evolve in a negative way. Mm-hmm. I think that this is beautiful. It's a very powerful idea for self-care recipe for certain. Right. I mean, seeing ourselves as being made up of all of these yeah. gods and goddesses, and you don't say, no, you're wrong to a divine being. They have their own power, you know, and there's a need to have reverence and love for them, but maybe going about and getting it in a specific way versus another way, you know? So I think honoring all of the beings within us, that's why I say we're polytheistic, you know, Mm -hmm. we we are made up of all of these divine beings, but they need to be heard and respected, even if we're not going to consciously choose to do what maybe they think they need at any given moment, they still need to be loved and listened to. Before we leave today, I have a little special thing that I would like for us to do if you're down to do it. I'm excited. (laughs) So it's called the Wisdom for Healing Cards. And what I do is I have every guest pull a card and then they'll read it out loud to the listeners and we'll see how it resonates with your message today. Okay. So you can do it in any way that you'd like. You can just visually look and pick one or you can hand scan it like we did the Andaras earlier. I think I'm going to shuffle a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely shuffle, please. And while you're doing that, hopefully this will be healing sounds for you. I'm going to play the singing bowl or my attempt at. And she's got one. Yeah. Oh, can you? Oh, that's a beautiful card. Can you explain to the listeners what it looks like? And, yes. Um, yeah. It's bring humor into your life. And it's this clown dancing, but uh, he, she, I can't really tell the gender of the clown, but is is holding the earth, the globe um, in their hands and dancing around. I love that. So should I read it? Yes, please. Today's lesson. Think about whether you truly have a sense of humor. Healing is enhanced with humor, and laughter can lighten almost anything, certainly most day-to-day irritations. Your goal, to bring humor to everything that causes you stress, as this is one of the most empowered responses you can have. Ah. (laughs) It just makes me want to laugh. (laughs) I actually so strongly feel that way. You know, I've been kind of going through a challenging time in my life right now, um, and I know so clearly that it's always for the ultimate good and I know that every challenge I face I'm doing for the collective and it's an opportunity for me to bring more of my own strength forward. Um, but humor has absolutely been my medicine. So in, in this kind of challenging time, I've been watching so much stand-up comedy. Like that's what I've really been doing when I'm like alone in my quiet time at home is I've been watching stand-up comedy because it's the thing that, I, you know, I don't have to like give my, it's not a whole storyline I have to follow. I don't have to give my whole attention to it, but I know that it'll bring some really good laughs. So... I'm grateful for that. I think that's really good advice for me and maybe everyone right now, mm-hmm. actually. So, yeah, kind of no matter what's going on in our personal lives or out in the world, 
one of the greatest gifts we can give. That's one of the things I love about comedians really is that, you know, the things that they tell jokes about are actually really serious matters and they have this ability to create alchemy out of that. And the humor is where the healing comes from. We're able to touch into some very tender and painful and sensitive places in the collective and that people experience personally in a way that shines light in them. And, um, and brings a lightness and a levity to it that comedians make a lot of jokes about racism and sexism and you know and it's like it's not that they're making light of something that's serious it's like this is how we do the alchemy to heal it you know so I'm grateful for that I have a I've always secret it was funny you, one of the questions <laughs> that you sent me was what's something that nobody knows about you and I was thinking that's actually incredibly hard for me to come up with I'm like, almost impossible because I'm pretty much just the most transparent open book of a person but I've been holding this one I've been holding on to this one for a while but I have a secret desire to do stand-up comedy <gasps> oh so- my gosh really <laughs> yeah oh do it do I- you want to give our listeners a little something something no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just saying if you want to here's the time I'm not ready for that just okay, yet okay, no okay. I mean this is like this is something that I've been holding really close to my heart and I'm like I really feel like this is something I would like do to it. give a try to so what's yeah. the funniest joke that you know oh that's pressure I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> okay 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 probably not anything that's appropriate to say on the podcast <laughs> I mean I want to make jokes about the work that I do really honestly so I'm, I'm I've got some I've come up with some little jokes and some raps about yoni eggs and stuff, but I don't think they're appropriate. Oh my on god, the podcast I, I right totally now. want to Maybe hear when we're them. offline. Yeah, please, okay. please. If you've made a rap about yoni eggs, please. Oh my god, I'm the first one to hear it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for making time to be here with us today, helping encourage others to get one step closer to aligning the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional self. Actually, before we let the listeners go. I want to find out more about how to connect with you. Sure. Tell us about your social media outlets or how people can get in touch with you, either for the mala beads, yoni, yoga, for God, for everything you're doing. Sure. Because yeah. there's a lot. Um, my website is goddessalchemist.com. Um, that's where I have a lot of information on my, my retreats. So if people are interested in going on retreat with me, they can find info there. Um, and then I'm on Facebook, Brino Rania, Goddess Alchemist, and Instagram, goddess underscore alchemist. And that's probably where I live mostly online. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Thanks seriously for taking time today. Mm -hmm. I've really appreciated it. And it's been quite fun. Yeah. So thank you listeners for tuning in. And until next time, I am your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Have a magical, wonderful day. And let's try to make this your very best year ever. This episode has been brought to you by The Divine Feminine.